St. Giles Online. Hi everyone, welcome to St. Giles Online, keeping us connected as a church family and focused on the hope we have in Jesus. It's going to be great when we can all meet again under the same roof, but for now, we're together in spirit. Enjoy the service. Hi and welcome to St Giles Online. I'm Lee, I'm the Vicar of St Giles and it is great to have you with us today joining in our worship. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I'm going to read from Psalm 103 as we start our worship together. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He who forgives your sins, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Grateful to Will and Lisa who are going to lead us in our worship now. We're going to start with adoration. Receive our adoration, 
got is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? And if our God is for us, and praise to you lord and yeah your your name is great lord and you're above everything that's going on right now lord and um we pray that you will continue to be with us this week amen amen well, one person we haven't seen for a little while is Ellen, our family's worker. She's still around. I'm glad to uh, say that she's here with us this morning. I've asked her to pop in and say hello, and she's going to bring our reading to us today. Hi, everyone. We really miss seeing you all. Um, we've been doing lots of baking, board games, playing in the garden, and going for our daily walk. Um, Nathan's getting bigger. He's learning to wave and do lots of new things. Um, he turns one soon. Uh, so he's been keeping us busy during lockdown and we just can't wait till we can all get together again at church and see you. So Lee's asked me to share a story about Peter today and his love for fishing and uh, hopefully it will help us think more about his relationship with Jesus. The friend who forgives. Peter loved fish. In fact, one day he and Jesus had fish for breakfast. Fish for breakfast? That's weird. But we'll save that part of the story until the end. On the day when Jesus first called Peter to follow him, can you guess what Peter was doing? That's right, he was fishing. Peter and Jesus were good friends, but sometimes Peter would let Jesus down. Like the time Jesus explained to his friends that he had to die on the cross, but that he would come back to life to offer forgiveness. All of you will run away. You're going to say you're not my friends, Jesus said. Peter spoke up right away. He did that a lot. I will never do that, Peter said. But a while later, Jesus let the soldiers take him to a courtyard to stand trial. Peter followed from far away. Aren't you one of Jesus's friends? A young girl asked as she opened a gate for Peter to enter the courtyard. What do you think? Peter said. No, I don't know Jesus. It was a cold night so Peter walked over to a fire where some people were warming themselves. Aren't you one of Jesus's friends? Somebody asked Peter. What do you think? Peter said. 
No, I don't know Jesus. Then someone else stepped forward and looked closely at Peter. Yes, you are one of Jesus's friends, aren't you? He said. What do you think Peter said? No, I don't know Jesus. Right then, at that very moment, a rooster crowed. Jesus turned around and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said, before the rooster crows, you will say three times that you're not my friend. Peter was so sad. He knew he had failed Jesus again and again. Peter felt terrible. But Peter didn't stay sad because Jesus didn't stay dead. Three days later was the first Easter Sunday when Jesus came back to life to offer people forgiveness. But would he forgive Peter? One day Jesus was looking for Peter. Where do you think Jesus found him? That's right, Peter was fishing. Jesus called to them from the beach. Peter jumped out of the boat into the water and rushed to the beach to see Jesus. And this is where Jesus and Peter had fish for breakfast. Fish for breakfast? That's weird. Peter was so happy to see Jesus alive, but would Jesus forgive him? Peter wasn't sure. Maybe Jesus wouldn't want to talk to him. Maybe Jesus wouldn't want to be friends with him. But yes, Jesus did want to talk to Peter. And yes, Jesus did want to forgive Peter. Wow. And since Peter had said he didn't know Jesus three times, Jesus gave Peter the chance to say three times, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thanks, Helen. Well, if you want to follow along, we're in John chapter 21 and we're on the uh, shores of Lake Galilee. Galilee is a town where Peter and Andrew, James and John are from. They're fishermen and they've returned back to their hometown as instructed by Jesus uh, to wait for him there. And they've gone back to fishing and it's a fishing trip that has often been criticised, seen by many as a lack of faith uh, an abandonment of the life that they've known. I think I think that's a bit harsh, really. Um, they're back in their hometown. The family business is fishing. Why would they not join in and help out? Um, but they've had an unfruitful night. They've spent all night fishing and they haven't caught anything. And to kind of get a, a glimpse of what's going on here, you have to understand what fishing looked like in those times. Um, when I think of fishing, I think of a boat dragging along behind a net. And that wasn't how they did it in Jesus's day. Uh, what they do is they would throw a net over the sea, into the sea, uh, and it'd be like a wall. It had um, cork at the top that would make it float and lead weights at the bottom that would make it sink so it'd be like vertical like a wall uh, the fish would gather near the shore and they would put this wall out in the sea and then they would slowly draw the ends together over many hours hoping to kind of uh, entrap the fish inside unfortunately uh, that's not happened they've not caught anything and then there's this stranger on the shore and he he calls out that they're to throw the net over the side and they'll find a catch there 
And this did sometimes happen. Sometimes uh, they would have the nets on the boat and they would just spy um, a shoal of fish by the side of the boat. And then rather than kind of spending hours just kind of uh, patiently trying to fish, uh, they would just chuck the net over and hope that they would catch the fish um, and tangled up. And that's what they do. They follow, uh, follow the advice and they catch a great um, haul of fish. 153, it says uh, there for us. And of course, there's an echo here of Luke chapter five, where the first disciples, these same fishermen, at first hear the call to follow Jesus. And on that time, again, they've been fishing all night. They've not caught anything. Uh, but Jesus tells them to head out deeper into the sea, the same sea, the Lake, lake Galilee. Uh, they go out deeper and there they get a great um, haul of fish. And of course, he tells them that he will make them uh, fishers of men. John, we think it is, uh, recognises who it is on the shoreline, uh, declares it's the Lord. Uh, Peter jumps overboard and rushes uh, to meet his master. And then there's that wonderful uh, reunion and reconciliation as Jesus cooks uh, fish on the seashore, um, a little charcoal uh, fire going there and he makes, uh, makes his brother uh, a breakfast and they're restored one to another. Two lessons uh, for us to learn this morning from this wonderful story. Um, the first is this. Uh, relationships matter. Relationships matter to us and they matter to God. Uh, they matter to us because we're made in the image of God. We're relational beings and they're important to him. And that's why they're important to us too. Things are not right between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus takes the initiative. He comes first uh, to seek out his friend and to put things right. You remember that Jesus had predicted that three times uh, Peter would deny his master. Jesus gave um, uh, Simon Peter the name Peter, uh, Petros meaning rock. And at his hour of need, um, Peter the rock had crumbled. Jesus's prediction had proved to be true. Three times Peter had denied his Lord. Three times he'd been asked, do you know him? We think you know him. We think you're with him. And three times Peter will say, I didn't know him. And he'll abandon his master. I suspect that in the days following Jesus' resurrection, those words had come back to haunt Peter. And so Jesus comes first and he meets him on the seashore and he puts things right. Three times he will ask Peter a question and he'll put it in a formal way. I won't call him by his nickname. Instead, he'll use his formal title. Simon, son of John, do you love me? In fact, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And one day when he said that, Jesus kind of pointed a finger and indicated uh, Simon's brothers, indicated the fishing village, indicated the boats and the way of life that he'd known so far. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? It's an interesting question, isn't it? It's a question that Jesus asks all of us. It's relatively easy to answer the question, uh, do you love me? Jesus says to all of us, do you love me? And I'm, I'm sure many would answer, yes, Lord, I, I do love you. But do you love me more than these? Well, that's a harder question altogether. Do you love me more than your wife, more than your children, more than your family, more than your work, more than your career, more than your wealth? Do you love me more than all these things? 
That's a much harder question to answer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Christian who suffered under um, Hitler's regime in the Second World War and ended up dying in a concentration camp. And he wrote a, a sort of a brief biography, a book, while he was in prison uh, before he died. And he, he, he said these words that have been a quote that have often, has often been remembered. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Bonhoeffer wrote those words, knowing that he himself was likely to die, and indeed he did. And of course, that is the call to discipleship. That is the call to call of Christ. Take up your cross and follow me. And of course, as we know, the cross was an instrument of torture, an instrument of death. Jesus is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he asks for our allegiance. He asks for us to put him first in all things. He asks for us to love him above all others. Do you love me more than family, more than career? That's a different proposition altogether. And of course, the paradox of the gospel is that we're called to live the one who first loved us. We're called to die to ourselves. And yet we find as we die to ourselves, eternal life wells up within us. A life that will never end, a spirit that can never be extinguished. We find that in serving Christ, we serve the one who laid down his life for us, who calls us not servants, but friends. And we find that in serving him, there is perfect freedom. We're called to offer him everything. We're called to offer him our weaknesses. And as we do so, we find that in him there is a strength we would otherwise never know. We find that through him we can do all things. We find that in loving him, loving him above all others, a new love forms within us. A love for family, a love for friends, a love even for our enemies. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Do you love me more than these? Each time Simon answers, Lord, you know that I love you. And each time Jesus gives him a charge. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. It's a call to a shepherding ministry, a call to a pastoral ministry. All of us who are Christians are called to serve and we're called to serve in the name of Christ. My first point is relationships matter. My second point is that all ministry, all service in Christ's name must flow from the love of Christ. Jesus said this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. A branch cannot bear fruit on its own. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. I wonder what would have happened to Peter if Jesus hadn't met him at this time, if he hadn't prepared that breakfast and initiated this reconciliation. Some think, well, he would just have gone back to fishing and that would have been that. That would be the end of it. I, I don't think that was the case. Um, I think Peter was a different character altogether. I suspect that Peter would have felt sorry for himself for a while. And then he would have remembered the risen Christ meeting him in the upper room. And then he would have thrown himself into activity. I imagine Peter um, exhausting himself, trying to put right all the wrongs that he had uh, done Jesus, trying to make up for the fact that he'd uh, denied him in a flurry of activity. 
planting churches, starting ministries, uh, evangelising the lost, doing everything he could to make up for what he'd done wrong. But his ministry would have been hollow. It would have been brittle. It would have been fragile. It would have been ministry in his own strength, not ministry in the strength and grace of Christ. Without me, you can do nothing. Do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Three times Peter denied Jesus and three times he has the opportunity to put things right. And Jesus accepts his offer of service. And at the end of the chapter, uh, we read that Jesus tells him that he will he will be faithful to him, that he will uh, make up for his loss and that he will um, he will follow uh, Jesus and he will follow him to a new life. And ultimately, we know to a new death, just as Jesus has laid down his life for Peter. So Peter will lay down his life for Jesus. The only thing that could sustain him at that time would be his love for his Lord. And so the second point for us this morning is this. All Christian service must flow from our love for Christ. Without him, we can do nothing. Peter was the one who asked Jesus, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven or seven times seven? And Jesus replied, 70 times seven. Jesus would offer this forgiveness to Peter. Peter would know it and experience it and in turn would be a preacher of this forgiveness to the ends of the earth. And so uh, my question for us this morning is why don't we take some time to reflect upon our relationships and particularly to reflect upon our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God. In a moment, Josie is going to sing for us. And as she sings, why don't we use this as a time for meditation? Why don't we reflect upon our relationship with Christ and consider whether there are things we need to say to him? Consider what he would say to us. And why don't we offer ourselves afresh uh, to service in his name? A service that begins by telling him that we love him and we want to honour him with our lives. In the name of Christ. Amen. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in a mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. I will call upon your name, and keep my eyes above the waves, when oceans rise, my soul
Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. When feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start in the vidcast where we catch up with a familiar face from St Giles. I'm Emma Ayres and I'm really pleased to be joined by Lizzie Bertram today. Hi Lizzie. Hiya. How are you first of all? Tell us your lockdown story. Where are you? What are you doing and who are you with? So um, I'm in lockdown just me and my husband. We've been married just over six months so not entirely the way you'd expect to spend your first year of marriage. Being stuck in the house just the two of you. Lovely though. Um, and I'm a secondary school teacher so my life's completely turned upside down. In the fact that in the course of 24 hours, I went from face to face in school to completely doing things online. Um, we're not doing live lessons, so I'm not seeing my students' faces. I'm not talking to them. Um, we're submitting work and they submit it back, um, which has been really difficult. Um, I'm an extroverted person. Those of you who know me know I'm very extroverted. Um, 
but I've gone from seeing 200 people a day or so to one, which has been really difficult, particularly at first. Um, I struggled with finding a routine and finding how to keep myself happy and occupied. Um, so I've had to literally make myself a timetable like I would be in school of things I do at particular points in the day, um, which has been interesting, but allowed me to come up with things like I've started knitting a jumper, which has yeah. been good fun um, and something that I can add to every day um, and a nice project to see progressing and something a bit different to sat typing on my laptop um, and picking up my musical instruments again. I'm a violinist, haven't touched it in two years. I'm now playing most days. So there've been some really positive things too. There are so many people that have picked up musical instruments. So are you going into school at all? Or are, you, are you literally at home all the time? So we have a rotor. Um, I've been in once for a day since we've been in lockdown. I'm in a part of a very, very big school and we've got quite a lot of staff. So we only need to be on the rotor about once every three weeks or so, um, which is nice in some ways because it means that you feel you're being safe, you're staying at home. Um, but it's also really hard because, again, you're not seeing colleagues, you're not seeing children's faces. And it does mean that you are literally only seeing uh, your husband or whoever you're at home with all the time. It's, a, it's an unusual situation as well. And of course, you're such a big part of St Giles. You're involved in loads of different things. Yeah. How are you finding keeping connected? Because you have a really strong faith um, and your husband doesn't have a strong faith. So it's not something you can kind of share at home. How are you finding things? Um, Again, it was finding routines. I was really grateful that small group instantly went online. Um, so even within lockdown, we meet on a Tuesday. On that Tuesday, we had a Zoom chat. Um, so we've been meeting every Tuesday, which has been really valuable. And we've been doing Bible studies through that, um, which I found really helpful. Um, I've missed choir. Hello to people watching. Um, and being able to sing along to the podcast has been wonderful. Um, and the Church of England send out... Uh, kind of reflection every morning and I've been trying to do that which has been really helpful in me prompting me to think lots of other people are thinking exactly the same and reflecting the same things um, and this lockdown's actually prompted me to be much more thankful in my prayer life and really value the things I have got and pray for the things that come up on my phone so it's been difficult but I've been trying to reach out to people that I know and people who do share my faith and using them to kind of support and encourage when we're not seeing each other face to face. I think that's the thing. I think with things like the vidcast and, and like you say, connecting to people in the small groups, I'm sure if people aren't in a small group who are watching this, who want to be, um, just contact uh, the page or me and I'll pass it on to people who can, who can definitely help you get connected. But I think that's the thing and it's keeping um, the connections and, the, and just seeing each other. Um, you know, I know we're only talking um, via Zoom, but it's seeing each other and, and keeping those connections that help, don't you think? Oh, completely. And our small group's grown in the space of lockdown we've had kind of four or five new people and it's been wonderful to hear different people's experiences and to be able to support each other in prayer when we've had a difficult week or there's something going on in our families it's been really really beneficial and lovely oh lizzie it is so lovely to talk to you and i can't wait to see you again and um, thank you for thank taking you. the time for us today thank you <laughs> and don't forget if you want to be featured on the vidcast we'd love to have a chat if you think oh, i haven't got a story i've got nothing to say you definitely have so either contact me or lee or the um, st giles page and we'll get you on one of these weeks thanks lizzie have a good week bye thanks emma appreciate you doing that for us thanks lizzie as well um, Emma had a significant birthday this week. She wanted me to share um, what kind of birthday it was, but it was a significant one. 
and uh, she was going to be in LA this week but unfortunately she couldn't do that so she's been here um, helping out with the vidcast for us so thank you for Emma uh, for doing that too. Okay, well that's our time um, coming to an end now. Don't forget we've got Junior Church Online with Ellen and Hannah and Sally. They're organising that. If you've got junior, junior school aged children and they want to be a part of that, just send me an email and I'll get back to you um, straight after the service and I'll send you an invite and they can join in too. Okay, I'm going to close with a blessing and then Dave and Hannah are going to lead us out with our final song. May the risen Christ bless us and keep us. May he restore us and renew our faith in him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Who am I that the highest King would welcome I was lost, but he brought me in all his love for me, all his love for me. The sun sets free, all is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. Father's house, there's a place.
child of God. Yes, I am.